From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Korngut. I am the managing editor of Dread Central. I am also a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Development Hell. In honor of the sweet 16th anniversary of the first Silent Hill movie, today we are going to dig in to the yet unmade third Silent Hill film. We have a very special returning guest judge with us today. Sheree, how's it going? Hello. Thank you for having me back. Oh my God. Thank you for being here. Will you do me the favor of reintroducing yourself to the Development Hall audience? Yes, I am Sheree of the shenanigans and the snacks. I I write for Dread Central where I get to bother Josh quite often. (laughs) I I am also co-hosting three podcasts now. I'm going to add one after I come back. So I co-host A Nightmare on Fierce Street, which is my oldest horror podcast. We're turning three this year. 
or two. I, I don't know the math right Is now. that how you introduce it? You just call it my oldest podcast? I feel like that's, uh, that's undermining a little bit. It's, it's wow. the first wow. kid. <laughs> She's living her life. We, we've let her out of the house. She's, She's going to college. She's, right? she's going to be fine. Like, our job is done. Like, <laughs> she's pretty much done. Um, <laughs> well. But, like, we have that one where we talk about horror through intersectional lenses, and we have a drunken good time while we do it, because therapy. Um, I also am one of the three hosts of Blurdy Massacre, which my co-hosts are Zero Gravity and Brother Ghoulish. And we get to talk about blurred culture in a way that does not get spoken about ever and always. And that's been very fun. It's it's a new baby. Like, I think we just recorded mm-hmm. our sixth episode. Wow. And we're bi-weekly. Yeah. Um, out of the first six, like, what, what would you recommend someone checking out to dip their oh toes? My God. I would definitely go for the bad wigs one. Um, I'm not even going to lie to you. It's just us talking about being the first hairline of defense and talking about bad wigs we've seen in movies um, and how they hurt us. And oh it's it's a good time. It's my favorite. Wow. We have other episodes with substance, but like that's the one that I'm most proud of. Like if I were to like <laughs> if I were to send one to the people and be like, this is what I want you to know me for, it's the bad wig puns for that one. What came first? Dread Central articles about bad wigs or that episode? Oh, the article for sure. Because Origins. I, me and Jazz are always talking about bad wigs because we're always watching horror movies and like it's just rampant. It's a real issue. Like it's it needs to be stopped. Um, and so I'm always looking at them. And so we did that article and I was like, but I want to talk about more. There's so many more bad wigs that are not being dealt with. Mm-hmm. And then we got this podcast and I was like, you know what we could do, y'all? Bad wigs. There are some bad wigs that we're going to be dealing with today. Oh, the, some of these wigs are so bad. I didn't know who the actor was under them for a hot minute. And I was yeah. like, oh. And like their face were clear, but the wigs were so bad that you couldn't see the face. Like you would never even notice it if you're in the same room. It was like my brain was trying to protect me from seeing this person in this wig. So I was trying to disassociate the two. We're talking about Carrie Ann Moss, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not good. They, they like put that white paint on her and gave her that bad wig. And I was like, <laughs> why do you hate her? What did she do to you? Is she they hated her. She she killed someone's mom. Listen, her and Malcolm, because his wig was also. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really bad. It was well, awesome. you know what? Oh, Wait, so we've gotten two. What's the third podcast? Oh, yeah. No, um, I am one of the eight rotating hosts for the altar tapes, which mm. we talk about altar shorts. And if you're watching those altar shorts, then you should listen to us because it's like speed dating a bunch of different podcast hosts. So you can accidentally find other podcasts you might want to listen to or you might not want to listen to. Maybe you're tired of hearing me. Mm. I mean, I love that. That's like three things I love at the same time. Cool creators, awesome short films. And I think a third thing we didn't mention is that it's on the Anatomy of a Screen podcast network, which was where Development Hell got its uh, origins. So that's right. kind of auspicious. Right? Like, we're finally the siblings we keep thinking we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like the sibling lost at sea. And, like, I have a long beard and I have that crazy look in my eye. Like, yeah. You're the one that went to college and I'm the one that's like, I don't know. I think Dirk and I can make it work. I'm like this the sibling assumed dead and you're the one that's like has a flashlight and is coming to look for me in like the small town that doesn't exist called Silent right. Home. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I turned it back, back around and brought it all the way back. Um you you said it already, but I want to talk more. We both work at Dread Central. That's fun. That's right. Right? Yeah. It's a good time. Um, yeah. what, what what's something you've written recently that you want people to know about? 
Oh my god. I feel like I peaked with my himbo article. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah. I've never peaked, gotten that but high. it's classic. Yeah. I've just never gotten that high again. Um that and the possessions that brought all the boys to the re- yard, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the backbone really of Dread Central right here. And was... we're not afraid to admit it. <laughs> um, you know? I have to get back in that moment because like I, I don't know, I was too close to the sun. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, how do I get back there? And I lost my way. Well, we're going to find your way today as we make our hero's journey throughout Silent Hill. And if we survive, I think we're both going to be better people for it. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a number of different things. We're going to start off with the Silent Hill game franchise. We want Some of you might be professionals. I know there's a lot of Silent Hill fans out there. But some of you might be a little more casual and need to know about the games. And honestly, we could use a bit of a brush up too. After that, we're going to talk about the first two Silent Hill films, Silent Hill 2006 and Silent Hill Revelation 2012. And that's when we're going to get to the main event, the reason you're all here. And that's the future of Silent Hill. So, Sheree, would you be comfortable, would you be okay if I gave a bit of a seminar on the Silent Hill game franchise? Yes, please. I'm taking notes. Okay. All right. So, Silent Hill is a Japanese series of survival horror games developed and published by the company Konami. So, the first four games, which are sort of the first full era for Silent Hill. You have Silent Hill, Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 3, and then Silent Hill 4, The Room. This was the initial group of titles created by this internal team within Konami by the name of Team Silent. So this was sort of this uh, little group within the larger company that were full-time working on these Silent Hill titles and really came up with some interesting outside-of-the-box kind of non-commercial content. I believe the purpose Team Silent were always striving for was to not create something that was going to be universally successful or sold, but something that would sort of stand the test of time and uh, kind of work as literature classics. So after those four, we kind of opened up with developers and some North American developers got involved, and I think maybe some Europeans as well. And we had Silent Hill Origins, Silent Hill Homecoming, Shattered Memories, Downpour, Book of Memories. And we ended off with something called PT, which was just a playable teaser for a never-released game, Silent Hills. And we have a whole episode all about that, which we did in July. If you want to check that out, it's fun. So the Silent Hill games have sold about eight and a half million copies in the universe. And that's from 2013. So I bet you they've sold more since then. That might sound super impressive, super exciting, but um, if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably not that much. Like I'm betting Resident Evil and Friends like blow these numbers out of the water. Again, we're working with something that's a little bit more cerebral um, and a little less commercial. Before I like destroy you with so much more information, do you remember what Silent Hill games you've actually played? Weirdly enough, I played the first four, and that's when, oh. like, I was removed from my system, and I was like, I'm going to catch up, and learning that, like, the other ones are not by the same people makes me mm-hmm. kind of wonder if that was just a natural place to let it go. I think that it absolutely is. I, I Like, if I'm correct, I think there are, you know, people that believe those are sort of the original. Those are sort of, like, the pure four compared to the rest of them. 
Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Also, I really regret using the word pure because it always is Nazi. Like, there's never a time the word pure isn't Nazi. Do you feel that way? Right? Like, it's just, it's a word that's been taken now. Like, tiki torches, we have to let it go. (laughs) Tiki torches have to go. (laughs) Right? Where's the tiki torches movie, actually? You know how they're making, um, uh, uh, not a Halloween town, what is it called? A spirit Halloween movie? Oh my god. Are they going to drop it one day a year? Um... So as yeah. a kid, I I loved Silent Hill, but also I loved Resident Evil more, even though I can admit, even as a child, Silent Hill is scarier mm-hmm. and usually tighter as like an experience. But for some reason, I was a Resident Evil fool. And so I would play both of them and be like, oh yeah, it's not Resident <sighs> Evil. I want to say I'm torn between three and four being my favorite. Oh. And I know it's a, it's a dick move because those are also the ones that were had better graphics and things and the one that came out on like PlayStation 1. Uh-huh. But they were just, they were like mind games. Like you, you would think you were doing the right thing. And then it would be like, oh, 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 we're playing with the system. We're playing with your TV. We're playing with your remote. And I'm like, oh what God. is happening? That's, that sounds stressful. And I like it. Um, yeah, Silent Hill 4, The Room, is not one that I've played, but I've heard a lot about. And it does sound really mind bendy. If I'm not mistaken, that's the one that's not in Silent Hill. He's like in a room somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's like in a, it's like in another town outside of Silent Hill. And I think you're, are you like in a an apartment building maybe? Yeah, and he's trying cool. to get out, but he can't. And I, it might also be first person, but my memory's shaky because I'm, um, I'm an older twenty five, and mm-hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> I'm an older twenty five too. Just to full disclosure, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. I also, I really meant to warn people right out the gate that I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know you, but I'm just going to assume that we are not truly the number one Silent Hill professionals in this universe. And I do think Silent Hill is one of those topics where people get like very territorial about it. So if you're out there and you're like, these two don't know what they're talking about, we're sorry. We just want to talk about Silent Hill because we love it. And so you must understand that. You must empathize with us. Thanks. To be fair, as a child, I played a lot of Konami games because that's what Nintendo had. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my older brother, the one I like is was into. <laughs> like many older brothers, but I only bonded with one. You do the math on that. Um, I mean, I mean, that sounds like good math to me. Right? I was like, mm, not all of us were necessary, mom. And so me and my brother, I liked, we would play games. And so I, of course I played like Contra and like Metal Gear. And Sweet. so when this happened, I was like, we can do survival horror and it's the same brand. Are you serious? Yeah. I Resident Evil, I haven't played. The only game I played is the remake of the first one. I think it was like 2002. On GameCube? Um, I actually have it on my Switch. I didn't play it on GameCube. But it's pretty sweet. It looks pretty good. And if, I mean, I'm a big, big baby, but I find it scary. But that's the only game in Resident Evil I've played. But the energy that the games and the film series give me, are it's like a little bit more Mask for Mask than Silent Hill. Does that resonate? Yeah. No, I... So even though I was trying to be a 100%er for Resident Evil, Silent Hill's movie was a better screen adaptation. The first one. Um, (laughs) The first one was better than the first few Resident Evil movies because I was bitter. Um, I think Mm. the Resident Evil adaptation showed me that Hollywood did not respect game creators the way they do people who write books and things. It's very true. 
Yeah, which is sad because games had gotten so smarter. It wasn't the same as it was in the 80s where it was like, it's a stick and a ball. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we, we had characters, we had stories, we had things that meant things. And so to show up to Resident Evil and be like, who this? You kept the zombie dogs and Umbrella Corp logo and that's it? Really? I'm Who's still waiting guy? for the stick and the dog movie. When's that coming out? <laughs> Any day. Um, <laughs> Any day. We're, we're going to adapt it. <laughs> Resident Evil 2 was the first PlayStation game I played because my brother I speak to, uh, again, he got a play- PlayStation 1 and he had us over. Cause he's like, you know what they need to do? Get that house. And so he was like, I found this game. I know you're going to like it because it's scary. And I was like, what'd you say? And I was like, oh <laughs> my God, am I running around Raccoon City? Are there zombies? And so it cemented it in my world and I had to play them in order. And I, I rode the Resident Evil train from PlayStation 1 to like GameCube when I think the last one I played on GameCube was Resident Evil 4. And I tried to pick it back up on Steam, but it's not the same playing it on a computer as opposed to playing it with a console and be able to pause it and see everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I I, definitely really, really love them. And there was so much that could have been done. And it's not that actress fault. She's doing what she can with what she's given every movie. Um, but I just feel that they never actually gave it a chance to be Resident Evil on screen. Mm-hmm. Whereas Silent Hill had her shot in that first movie. And then the second time around, they were like, why are we trying? Yeah, it's two very different journeys, both to very terrible outcomes. So RIP these franchises. But they may both have futures. Like there's, it, there's still a shot both of these cinematic universes can, you know give us something that isn't going to be terrible at some point. Do you believe that's to be true? I, after what I saw, I don't know. I, I just uh, don't know. <laughs> how do you feel about this Netflix Resident Evil series on the horizon? I mean, I'm probably going to like put an eyeball to it, but I'm having low expectations. Uh, they do do better with the animated movies, which is weird because usually when you're going to like get actors and things involved, you're going to try usually. And they're like, no, but if we like pay these animators, we got to like make sure we have a script. And I'm like, why can't you do that for both? Like- I know, I know. And I wish that there was even a little part of my heart that could get excited for one of these animated features, but there there isn't. And that's okay. I don't have to apologize for that. Something that I find interesting is that there's some Western influences on these Japanese games that before today, I actually didn't know. So I'm going to run them by you and you're going to tell me, A, if you sort of already had an inkling that these were inspirations for the games, and B, if you can see it, if you feel it, and if you respect them. Um, Yeah. So the movie Jacob's Ladder, the movie Phantoms, Session 9, and it says Stephen King's The Mist. I don't know if that means the novel oh. and the film, but I definitely feel it. Okay. So first off, Jacob's Ladder, yes. And The Mist, <laughs> hell yes. I know. How, how, where are you with The Mist? What is your relationship with The Mist? I'm going to revisit it. I put it on a streaming guide and I've like, I've not seen it since I got the DVD out of like a Hollywood video when I was a baby. Oh um, so I should revisit it as an adult. But like, did I really hate it or did I just not like it? My God, you are 25. Um, right? Yeah, I saw it in theaters, so I'm 33. Uh, I love The Mist. It's so scary. It's so, like, um, yeah, in a similar way to Silent Hill, it has a cerebral monster quality that is always just a little bit extra scary. And I hate to use the word Lovecraft. Maybe I just shouldn't, but I did already. And you kind of get what I'm saying. Let's find a new phrase for Lovecraft. We Let's- should absolutely have a new phrase for Lovecraft. 
Um, um, could we call it? Could we call it? Ooh. Um, oh, uh, oh, like, like racism space noodles. No, that's ooh. worse. That's but worse. it's everything that is Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he racism space noodles? Sometimes right? ocean space noodles that right? are racist. Like, if he only liked black people as much as, like, tentacles, his whole world would have been different. <laughs> we would have had very different outcome. I think he hated Jews, too, but married one. But you know what? Like, that's I de- one of the most hateful things you can do to a person is marry them. I, I went to grad school in Texas, and there's a lot of professors in that department who married um, people of color. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I wonder what those dinners are like. Ugh. Like, the calls are coming from literally across the table, and you married him. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, no. Praying for those people, hoping that they can find happiness, not the racism. No. Yeah, I, I also definitely feel Jacob's Ladder, although it's cringy to me. I Like, it's good, but I don't think it can outlive that ending, personally. No. I I think that it's definitely, it definitely, like, borrowed what it could without going to some of those places. I love when we can borrow things and it's not like outright theft because sometimes it's definitely a smash and grab um mm-hmm. but when we can borrow things and be like how can i alter that and make it a little bit this and that that's kind of cool and it makes me want to like go back in and like re-watch them with thinking about silent hill and be like i see you speaking of mix and matching last western influence on silent hill games apparently was the filmmaker david lynch um his tv series twin peaks and a number of his films were cited as a major inspiration for Silent Hill 2, specifically. Does that make sense to you as someone that's played the game? I'm going to confess something I've been trying to avoid confessing. Mm. I've only ever seen the first episode and a half of Twin Peaks, and I've tried multiple (laughs) times. (laughs) Okay. I mean, we're going to get controversially canceled, but I think that's okay. I have a relationship with Twin Peaks, but I think the show itself is not watchable. I love... I love the music though. And I, is that rude? Is that douchey? Like yeah. I have a really serious journey relationship origin story with the music, but I don't, I didn't think the show's unwatchable. I feel like it's one of those things where you had to be there in that era to have that like bond with it. And I wonder if what people are really getting at when they say they love it is that they love that it was something weird in a time where things weren't allowed to be weird. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. Yeah. Cause I can respect it for that, but I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> no, I agree. And then these like douchey nerds pretending to like the third season when it came out. Mm. When things are allowed to be weird now, so this is literally just gibberish. Right? Like it it was definitely just being weird for weird sake. I, I always remember that scene with somebody just screaming in like a jail cell, and I'm like, oh, good sir. <laughs> Make a different choice. Enough. Um yeah, David Lynch. Mm, I don't get it. It's not, I don't know. But uh, Blue Velvet belongs in, in the canon. Mm-hmm. And so does Silent Hill 2. The two games that I've actually played are Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill 3. Oh, you skipped yeah. the first one. I skipped the first one altogether. I bought the second one, was really excited. I remember bringing it home and looking at that green cover being like, ooh. And then I was like way too scared to play it and it took me a long time to find it again. And then they re-released it on like a really crappy uh, Xbox 360 remaster. And it was like everyone was walking backwards. It was like impossible to play. But that is when I finally played 2 and 3. <laughs> yeah. Terrible original story. No. Um, I... how, would you, how would you rank the first four? Did you do it already? Do it again. Okay. 
Um, I would say who I would say I think three might be my favorite, just barely beating four. Um, mm. and one is my like clear third because like when I went mm-hmm. back to play one because I missed it. And so I was like, oh, I'm going back for that because these are good times. Um, there's something to be said for walking around in the blocky graphics of the PS1 in nothing <laughs> but mist with a pipe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so funny. It's an experience. And then I put two as my fourth one. And it's only because I don't really remember her as much as I wish I could. I mean, like, the problem with two is that it has a male protagonist. Why would anything happen? Yeah, why? Boo. Just kidding, everybody. Do we have any final thoughts on the game series? Do you have anything that you need to add that is, like, burning, burning your your soul? I I just want to go on record as saying I couldn't admit this as a child because I was stubborn. But this is by far the superior... Mm -hmm. Um, game franchise like it it gives us everything it gives us atmosphere it gives us scares it gives us a mystery and it usually makes sense and it gives us solid voice acting which unfortunately resident evil had wesker who was always a surfer in every (laughs) installment he was a surfer (laughs) surfers have spooky lives too sometimes it was just always a comfortable for him to be like i'm here to double cross you all and i'm like oh good sir (laughs) That was a very bad surfer impression, but I was expecting to do any voice work tonight, so I'm gonna... It was not a surfer. I actually wish that it was, though. I want all surfers to sound like that now. (laughs) Although I I did hear cowboy, and I guess surfer and cowboy kind of have a shared energy. They are both two male types I avoid. Yeah, yeah, two two kind of Americans that would um, hate crime me. Let's keep moving. (laughs) Both of us, same time. They'd have to pick. So we'd have to, like, we'd have to do this thing where we, like, get them to like split up and both just pray that they ran after the other person. Right. Cause I don't believe in running. So it would be a very short <laughs> chasing. <laughs> I, I think we'd get away at equal speeds. I think we'd both have an equal sh- shot. At, like, at it would out. just cut to me outside waiting for the lift being like, I hope they don't see me. <laughs> but you, yeah. I, the lift is important. I haven't had lift on my phone in so long. You know, when you're like, you just absolutely refuse to get out that card and put in your numbers. So you only use Uber for the rest of your life. Right. Sorry, I, I used Lyft a couple weeks ago because I stayed at that nun um, inn and the friend who's going to drive me back was like, I got to go to work actually. And I was like, that's fair. And so, wait, wait, nun? Yeah. So what? there's, there's a place called the Celeste Inn in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, and the whole theme is just nuns, like nuns having fun. <laughs> they oh, take that's it to the calendar okay. and put art. What? That's good. Nuns deserve to have fun. They do. Like, they have that habit, and they have oatmeal, and they just, they need a little fun. They but need it. It's it's catacorner to the Church of Scientology that is in St. Paul as well, which I think is funny. Mm, I'm sorry to hear that. Right. Um, except for that nun from that Christmas horror movie, Silent Night, Deadly Night, she was rude. She was very rude. But like, she wasn't as rude as everybody else. She was still pretty rude. She was the least rude of all the rude people, but it doesn't yeah, mean she I was the least rude. Yeah, yes, but she still absolutely was an absolute no. Would you be okay if I took us into Silent Hill, the movie territory? One hundred percent. So I'm just gonna give. Okay, so get out your pen and your your notepad because seminar is in session. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. So in 2006, we got our first Silent Hill movie. It was from director Christoph Gans and written by Roger Avery Gans. <laughs> My God. And Nicholas Bukrief. That can't be right. Did you just say Bukrief? I'm sorry. 
No. You know what? <laughs> no, I didn't. Nicholas the Big Queef Jones <laughs> Smith. He's a good writer. Um, <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it starred a couple of people, too. So we had Rada Mitchell, Sean Bean, Lori Holden, Alice Krieg, and Jodell Furland. So it had a lot to do with the plot scene in the first four video games, but specifically the movie followed a character named Rose who takes her adopted daughter, Sharon, out to the little town of Silent Hill because Sharon has been seeing this town in her dreams. She's not feeling her best. She's acting all spooky. So let's just take her. Why not? Um, After arriving to the spooky town of Silent Hill, Rose gets into a car accident Things get foggy and misty, and her daughter is missing. So for the rest of the movie, her and her cop friend, who's a hot lady, uh, are investigating this uh, ghostly town of Silent Hill to find her daughter, and bad stuff happens. Would you say that's an apt description of the movie? Would you add anything, or is it perfect? I think that's pretty perfect, um, because otherwise you get into, like, major plot stuffs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I wouldn't know anything about the plot of this movie. No, that's not true. I actually watched it today. Uh They started making this movie in the early 2000s, and specifically Christoph Gans, who directed Brotherhood of the Wolf, this pretty good French-Canadian werewolf movie, had been just trying to get the rights for years and years and years because he's such a big fan of the video game. But at the same time... All he made was this weird French-Canadian werewolf movie. And Konami was like, who are you? But after sending a bunch of Drag Race auditions in the mail, eventually Konami said, okay, this guy's cute. Let's see what he has. And they hired him. Uh, He used the town of Centralia, Pennsylvania as inspiration for the film. And because this was the year 2006... They got a budget of $50 million, which just absolutely would never have happened today. And I'm sorry. (laughs) They bequeathed them $50 million. $50 million. And if I'm not mistaken, I feel like at the time that was modest. Blumhouse is is not shaking, laughing. Blumhouse is laughing at everyone cashing his checks. Literally. I I know. Isn't that absurd? It was also... It was this first film and the second was filmed in Ontario, Canada in in around Toronto, which is where I live. The monsters in this movie were generally played by professional dancers. Uh, CGI was used as a minimum when it came to the creature effects. And it grossed like $122 million after theatrical and DVD. So a minor success, enough to get it a sequel. Sheree, how do you feel about this first movie? I remember seeing this first movie in theaters. Like, me and my friends went to, like, a $2 theater, because those still existed back then. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were, it was, like, janky theater, but it was still a good time. And it kind of fit the Silent Hill world to be like, are these holes in the chair? Is that part of the screen worn down for some damn reason? (laughs) I love that. you, You raised your hand. It was an absolute accident. Never, ever, ever listen to me when I'm on a computer. I will just mute you by mistake. I saw the hand go up and I was like, oh no, you got Fox Fox $2 so theaters. so rude, too. It must have been so condescending, like in the middle of a sentence. You were just mm. going to be like, they are ruining the movie economy. Because <laughs> we've been very back and forth this whole time, so why, and all of a sudden I'm like, mm, I needed to, you to stop. But we saw it, and me and my friend liked it. His girlfriend at the time, who we all hated, had an issue with it. Um, and the other person who was there, who I forgot. <laughs> 
was like, I don't get it. And me and my friend Josie were like, it's a video game. You should have known about it. You have Google, right? And we like, <laughs> we're talking about all the things we liked about it. I like the creatures and I'm not surprised that they were not a CGI filled as some other things. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like this movie actually holds up as far as like the look and the aesthetic. Like there's a couple moments of CGI and I'm like, uh, but it's not mm-hmm. as bad and as atrocious as some movies that go all CGI. Definitely, especially for a 2006 mid-budget movie, which today we would really tell. But it kind of holds up. And, like, to be fair, using dancers for those nurses specifically gave them some interesting shots. Because those nurses Mm -hmm. are creepy as fuck um, in Mm -hmm. the game. And I think that having dancers, like, embody that and do, like, the weird group things, I'm like, oh, no, I would not want to be in this hallway. Do you remember how the nurses are utilized in the game versus the movie? This is something I've always wondered as a kind of someone only on the movie side of the fandom i feel like they're closer to the first silent hill than the second silent hill because the second Uh silent hill they were doing those like porn moans and i'm like who are these for they're like oh Oh, yeah yeah why (laughs) they do they are the sex of silent hill which is always i'm always like i don't get it right I, i don't get it the movie made them a lot more busty because I don't remember them just being super top-heavy nurses running around. They're Silent so Hill. busty. And I was like, I guess they had to get away to have boobs in Silent Hill. And I guess this is how you do it. I mean, I guess Hale is trying to be a nurse with your cleavage falling out constantly. Um, yeah. And doesn't yeah. look comfortable to have the boobs so squished. No, it, if we were going to like a Meg the Stallion video, it would be the perfect look. Yes. But- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right? I'd be like, yeah. hands on my knees. Yes. Um, but like as far as trying to be a nurse in hell, I just I don't understand. <laughs> no. I feel like you constantly be dropping things. Literally. Yeah. Like literally. I know. It's funny. I what every week I like I post thematic like things for my episode that are coming up. And I posted a booby pick of one of the nurses and I looked at it and I was like, this is people like this because because they have boobs. Sometimes as a gay man. I don't always clock when something is like being sold for the male gaze. Like I won't always like be like, oh, it's because there's boobs in this picture. And I kind of figured it out a little too late. No, always. It's always. Um, (laughs) I assume it's for the male gaze. And if it's not, I'm like, hold, rewind. (laughs) And who are they talking to? (laughs) Right? Do we make movies for anybody else? (laughs) No, 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 no. Sometimes the gay male gaze. I feel like we, I feel like they'll do that for us. But only male. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, they like to cheat. And they're just like, you know what? We get this intersection of young women and gay men if we cast Josh Jackson real quick. And I'm like, yes. But also, we're not all this basic. Do it again, please. Yeah. But you know what? Um, Some people are that basic. And they like monster boobs. And you know what? I can't hold that against them. No, and I would won't. like it too much if you did. So this movie made, I said, I think 120 million bucks. So that's not bad. It got mm-hmm. its sequel. Um, oh, something I want to bring up is the Sean Bean issue of it all. <laughs> yes, please. So Sean Bean is in this movie and it feels very disconnected from the rest of the film. It's like you have this amazing sort of plot about these two women on a journey trying to find this girl. And it's clearly a movie about women doing stuff for themselves. And then all of a sudden there's these like intercuts of Sean Bean looking all freaked out and the colors are super different and it feels like a totally different movie. 
I don't have anything to back this up now, but if memory serves, I think there was studio interference and they were like, we don't have enough dick in this movie. Men aren't going to like empathize with it. We have to put more bulge. And then they put, they just like cut in Sean Bean. And it's sad because one of the things I like about this movie is that it really is about these two women. And he has, he has the traditional track that's given to the girlfriend or the wife of the superhero Mm -hmm. where he's removed from all the action. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, And so like, I was like, Oh yeah, he's being sidelined about time. But in reality, you're like, we need a dude. Cause their, their marriage makes Mm -hmm. no sense. Like if you're married to someone and you adopt a child and your child is sleepwalking and naming a town you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. If like, why isn't kidnap- daddy coming with us? Yeah. Right. She had yeah. to kidnap her own child and he canceled the credit cards while she was on the run with the child. And I'm like, clearly you two are not communicating your marriage. Have you yeah, tried yeah, yeah, counseling? This could have been an easy conversation. And they, I like how they had to cut in that sequence of like, daddy's busy. So he's not joining us on this movie, but he's out there. Right? And also the cop lady who was just kind of like, I don't believe this is your daughter. I'm going to be in your business. And follows them to hell in order to like be in this woman's way. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of work just to be in this woman's way. But I like to think of it as a crush. As a cute little crush. Because I think they had a lot of chemistry, these two. That's the movie we needed. Maybe that's why her marriage was on the rocks is because they had a conversation that we didn't get to see. And she was like, I like to see other people, specifically cute blondes who are about my height. I mean, I like, and I liked that she was butch. I mean, it was clearly, I, I kind of have like, I mean, I don't watch lesbian porn, but it kind of gave me like, like les, like butch through the male gaze. Did that yes. sound correct to you? Yes, definitely but- that. Is that, but is it still better than not having Butch at all, like in terms of ladies or no? I I don't know because I love to see us not trying to be super gorgeous because like mm-hmm. had this been like directly for the male gaze, she would have been out here in an even tighter outfit and heels and makeup and like layers. And I'm just like, how are you chasing down crime when you can't run? Um, <laughs> yeah. you- it was tight. Those leather boots were like, I'd be like duck waddle if that was my outfit when they strapped her down to burn her i was really worried about her busting out of clothes because it was so tight <laughs> like when they're beating her on the ground i was like what if a button pops and kills one of the monsters <laughs> so good and dangerous uh, did you do you feel like there's queerness in this movie am i just superimposing it or is it there I think it's kind of there because I don't think that Hollywood knows what to do when they have two women on screen. If it's not to give them a fun little chuckle and a couple makeout scenes. <laughs> yeah. And we couldn't squeeze it in. So they just had to imply it. Cause like she goes <laughs> with her for a very long time and she's sacrificing her life for this woman that she just met. And yeah. like she handcuffs her, but like I, I just, there was a lot going on. I'm just like, I need to like talk to Pete and Pete. And see what they were doing. Yeah, they were up. To, they were up to something. But so, I don't know. Sometimes I'm still. I'm still like, oh, like at least I got some queer representation, even if it's just for you to masturbate to. Is that that's so sad? It's very sad. I'll it's, just take what I can get. Listen, I I think that one of the many issues that we all have with a lot of our media is that like. The people who should be making the things don't get to make them. So we have to set up for what, like, Jason Blum does. And then we have to be like, I guess it's fine. 
so sad. When are we going to start to make our, our, like, our shark vampire movies? Listen, I want that. I want that. I want Shark Acula. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want, I want, I want, I want husband of Sharkula. The gay one. That reminds me, we have we have a found footage Dracula screener in our inbox for one of my podcasts. Yeah, found footage is that what's the name of it? I is think that... it really is just called found footage Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> the people reached out to us, and I was gonna say no, and Trip was like, "I'll try it," and I need to I need to remind him to watch it so he can see if he wants to review it or not because I. I don't, maybe it's a great movie and I'm an asshole, but I was like, fan footage Dracula? That's so funny. I love that. At Dread Central, I don't know if you've noticed this trend, but we will post the most, like, no-budget, like, schlock trailers we can get our hands on because people love it. So I think we should write about <laughs> found footage Dracula. Yeah. If Trent says no, I will just send you the link and be like, I sent it to an editor at Dread Central. It's going to work out better. It's great. We, we need to support our troops. I mean, I just have questions. Footage, Dracula. If I would watch the movie, they might be answered. But I need to know how is found footage Dracula working when vampires don't have a reflection so you can't record them? Oh my god. Well, maybe um, it's like sonar or like you know how the predator sees you that's like kind of found footage right right or like is dracula recording the people he kills like is that what it's like yeah yeah he's on the other side of the camera questions i'm gonna make trent watch it and answer them for me i think look there are ways to get through this um (laughs) so would you say you're so are you a fan officially of the first silent hill film Yes, it still holds up. Like I had a good time even watching it yesterday. Yeah, I I I have to say I love it. It is my entry point to being a Silent Hill fan, and I know that's not exactly like the cutest thing to say, but it is the truth. The games aren't my front and center when it comes to my love for Silent Hill. It all comes down to this film and before Liminal became this like word everybody used all the time it was this thing that i didn't understand that i liked thematically but i did and silent hill always kind of had that vibe it kind of always felt like vibes forward spooky kind of americana bullshit and i'm just drawn to that like it's like gas station horror kind of exactly no it's that gas station in the middle of your road trip across those sad scary parts of america (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, we can't use this bathroom. We have to go to another one, but we also need gas. So everybody be quick about it. That's what it's like. Every game, every movie. <laughs> the bathrooms are never good. Never. You no. can't go to a 24-hour gas station that's claimed to fame as jalapeno poppers and expect <laughs> no, to no, go to the bathroom no, in no, peace. No, no. Um, is there like a the worst bathroom in your city? Like, is there a bathroom that you're like, oh yeah, this is the worst bathroom in the city that I live in? So Probably. I moved here in June, and so I, because it's a pandemic, I don't really go anywhere. <laughs> so you don't um, know about the, the toxic Avengers? I don't know. Like, okay. mine got really sketchy for a hot minute. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, my own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said public bathrooms. I mean, it would be public if I could have people over, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it was all that. me. Yeah. Because the cat is shedding, and I'm shedding. Mm-hmm. Um, We're all shedding. 
Right? You could charge a quarter for the toilet. I think they Ooh. do that in Japan. That's how I'll make my rent next month. Um. <laughs> but it's like really nice. You know, it's like, and you can have like a theme. Oh. Oh my I, th- God. I mean, I guess I could have a theme. I don't know if I can make it nice though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I would have a window in there. Like I... <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have any final thoughts? Any last little digs at the first Silent Hill film before I move us along? I really, really like it. And it really feels in the spirit of the four that I played. And I think that it is probably one of my favorite video game adaptations. And now that I've seen the second one, I wish we stopped here. (laughs) But we didn't. No, no, no. We continue onwards and downwards with Silent Hill Revelation. So once again, I'm just going to give us a quick seminar about this terrible movie. So Silent Hill Revelation, directed by MJ Bassett, came out in 2012. No, came out in 2012 and shouldn't have. It stars Adelaide Clements, Kit Harrington, Martin Donovan, Malcolm McDowell, Carrie Ann Moss, and Sean Bean and was primarily based on Silent Hill 3. I guess they did get that pink bunny rabbit in there a couple of times. So the plot for this one, sort of in line with Silent Hill 3, follows the character of adult Heather Mason, played by Clements, who discovers on her 18th birthday that she isn't who she believes she is, and is quickly and clumsily drawn to the Silent Hill dimension. Uh, it's bad. I don't like this movie. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, it looks like it was filmed for like 30 bucks. It's, it's just like insulting, but it has a couple of moments that make it not boring. How do you feel about this movie, Sheree? So I spent a lot of time in college towns because I went to too many colleges in sad towns. Mm. And have you ever been to a Walmart after midnight? Yes. That's what this movie made me feel like. Like, oh it's you don't want to be there. Everybody's weird, but you like <laughs> you are the person who didn't buy new soap and toilet paper, so you have to go. <laughs> and it is there is a sort of very as cheap as you can get Silent Hill vibe in yeah. a Walmart at midnight. The lights are blinking. Um, <laughs> yeah, nobody's picking up their feet. They're sort of shuffling around. <laughs> Some people have like saw blades in the middle of their head and you're like, well, I guess they don't have insurance. Right. You're like, what are these stains on the floor? If you want <laughs> yeah. to stop asking questions. Why is the optometrist open? It's midnight. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, are you still doing hair in that smart store? <laughs> they are. Yet the McDonald's is closed. Right? But yeah. you have like five chicken nuggets on the outside on the floor and it's my through. And I'm like, yeah. why would you waste the nuggets? <laughs> they wait, and the nuggets are cold, yet people are still getting professional photos taken. It's it's yeah. it's it's liminal at its best. I gotta stop using that word. But it is. I have to I have a quarter jar. Yeah, that is a, a, an apt description of this uh cheap, cheap movie that I okay, so there's a couple of set pieces in this that I'm intrigued by, even though they still completely flop in its execution. One being the spider mannequin sequence. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm terrified of spiders. I'm terrified of like even poorly CG spiders. Like I'm still scared of the third Lord of the Rings movie spider moment with Shelob. Like that still scares me to this day. This, no, 
this the, this did not scare me a little bit, not even at all. But it's kind I, of a cool concept. It could have been cool, yeah. Because again, I also am a spider baby. I cannot like I will yeah. never cover arachnophobia for anyone's show, including my own. Because no, I won't. I won't do it again. Um- <laughs> God, we've never been in the same room. Spiders yeah. are my my worst nightmare. When you said spider baby, I was like scared. I was like, wait, there's a spider baby? No. Now I know what you mean. There is I a can't movie watch called Spider Baby, though. Yeah. Another part of the second movie that had potential but like didn't pull it off, that that hallway of arms getting cut off, like that was kind of cool. That was badass. Especially because the pyramid head dude um, mm-hmm. was getting less screen time somehow. But yeah. he was like doing more damage with what little time he had. Yeah, yeah, he, he he definitely utilized the little time that he had, except for the beginning sequence when he's just like there to wind up the carousel. Yeah, Which, that was that was what? Um, that's stupid. Like you have this is his job. This is Pyramid Head's job in hell is to manually hand wind a carousel. It it definitely is giving me using a too big of an instrument for a small project. I don't understand <laughs> toolboxes, but I know that there are tools that are better served for smaller things, and they took mm-hmm. a hammer to this instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, like, use your talent properly, and I don't think that was happening here. Right? Uh, yeah, Jon Snow is in this movie. He seems confused. I was confused he was there. I've never seen him look so young. I'm like, Kit, what are you doing? I know. Do you, uh, did you watch Game of Thrones? Unfortunately, yeah. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't. So was this an experience for you? So you had no idea he was going to be in this? I know nothing. Like Much like Jon Snow, <laughs> I knew nothing. Because if I haven't seen something, I don't Google it because I want to go in and just figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so I landed and I was like, oh my gosh, he's wearing the outfit from three. And then yeah. I was like, okay, and we're leaving my universe and we're making up some stuff. And now all of a sudden there's a boy and there's a boyfriend. We didn't get a boyfriend in my I know. Oh, the, the whole, and then like the kiss. I was like, oh Ugh. God, straight people are, are at it again. Um, did, did having Jon Snow in this movie for someone that like is familiar with Game of Thrones, did it give you any joy? Did it spark any joy that this movie didn't already give you? Like whatever accent he was doing gave me joy. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I appreciated no. that he was trying whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it was also wild seeing him before he got to be a better actor because I mean, Acting is one of the things you have to practice. You can get good at it. I, mm-hmm. I hear from lots of things like that. Um, um, and he was definitely not where he was the last time I saw him. Um, no, no. He's <laughs> he not was there. decidedly not as good. He's terrible in this. There's a lot of interesting actors in this that are truly delivering the worst performances of their career. We have Carrie Ann Moss and her wig. We have Malcolm McDowell and his wig. Which of these two... What's going on with these two? Who do we prefer? Who's being more unhinged? I guess Malcolm McDowell. He's being more unhinged, but Carrie's wig is more unhinged. <laughs> yeah. I, it took me for, I kept staring at her trying to figure out where I knew her from because her wig was doing so much. I was thinking like, don't worry, baby. Like in a couple of years, you're going to get to make a new Matrix. Right? Like she mm-hmm. suffered. Like I... I don't understand because these people, they get real jobs and they do real stuff. And I don't know how they were suckered into doing this movie. Did they not see the script? Was it written after they were hired? It just makes me think it's worth, it's just bad for everybody these days. Like no one's, no one's succeeding. 
I just want to be like, if you need me to Venmo you some money, Mr. McDowell, I would do it. Like, I don't have much, he but would you're welcome. Yes. Do he not, would. do not give him that opportunity. I mean, he was definitely in Rob Zombie's Halloween, so <sighs> we know he'll say yes to anything. Twice. Um, yeah. And we were talking about this earlier, but he's also in the Firestarter sequel from 2002 that nobody's seen, but I'm interested in. And I just love a shitty direct-to-video sequel that was supposed to be a TV show. This happens a lot. They did this with Carrie with Brian Fuller in 2002 also, where they were going to make a Carrie TV series. And then instead they just like, they're like, mm, we're just going to dump this on DVD. as like sad, two episodes. I love Brian Fuller. I know. And it was with Angela Bettis of Mayface. Yeah, I would have that. It's, I, I don't know if it's good, but the cast is Angela Bettis as May and Patricia Clarkson as Margaret White. Yes, she needs to be Margaret White. She needs to 100% be Margaret White. I know. Isn't that cool? Like I that. I want that. Why don't we have that? I know. And it's one of those things I keep wanting to put on lists, but I actually don't know if it's any good. So it's probably not. But like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it sounds like it would be good. And so I'm going to like hold on to that hope. A late 90s, early 2000s TV adaptation of a Stephen King property that already had a big movie. That's my genre. Have you, are you one of the few people who saw Stephen King's The Shining? Uh, do you mean Mick Garris's The Shining? If you work for Dread Central, it's by law that you must call it Mick Garris's The Shining. Yeah, I am one of those people. And it definitely is in line with uh, my genre of content. One of my spicy takes is that it's a better version than what Stanley Kubrick did to it. Wow. I mean, I think McGarris and Stephen King would both appreciate that spiky taste. Whoops. That it is a, you know what? It is a spiky taste. No, no. Spiky. Oh my God, I'm having a seizure. I'm never going to be okay. That- <laughs> What's happening? Uh, I still think spiky take is funny. It is. I like it. (laughs) Is it because it's closer to the book? Is that why you have that feeling? I think it's closer to the book. And I also think that um, it got to explore more things that the heartless person who did the original (laughs) film um, did not explore. Because like I was talking to like Zero and Brother Ghoulish about it earlier in the book, you actually understand that this family is trying to become a family again and mm-hmm. that Wendy has a backbone and it's been like, if you hurt our son again, I'm leaving you, you bastard. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get sober and it's a struggle. Whereas mm-hmm. in the Stanley Kubrick version, it comes on and he's creepy. And you're like, why are we even going here with him? He's awful. <laughs> he's on the yeah. That's so funny you bring that up because on my last episode of this podcast, we did like the Overlook TV series that never happened. Oh, yeah. And... We were talking about queerness in the book versus queerness in the film. And I really feel like uh, they use queerness in the movie to like, as like something that's gross and off-putting and like the, the like the quickest way to just make your audience kind of disgusted with the bare blowjob sequence. Yeah, but, it was definitely yeah. shock value bullshit. It shock was like, value it was bullshit. Furry, and I'm like, and I, oh. I, I say that as someone that actually... <laughs> I like that sequence. I think it's super weird and I stand for it, but it is homophobic. And then in the book, they sort of, they explore it with more empathy and it's, and it's still very scary and weird, but it's not shock value bullshit. 
right? I I have a very checkered history with Uncle Stephen, um, as mm-hmm. most of us should and do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will say that his his book is so much better and deserved better than what Stanley Kubrick did to it. And I was happy <laughs> to see that even Uncle Stephen was like, this is bullshit. Um, <laughs> oh, he's still salty. He still has spiky taste when it comes to that. Deservedly. Do you think I'm going to edit out that? Do you think I'm going to keep in that entire insane rant about spiky taste? Or am I going to take it out? Keep it. The people are welcome. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I I agree with everything you said. Yeah. It's just too bad Stephen King has some, you know, very checkered, atrocious moments that I don't think we've really faced head on as a culture yet. I don't think we've, like, admitted that they're there. Quite. And it goes it goes back to people not wanting to look at things critically if they grew up with them, mm-hmm. um, which is a privilege that I just don't get to have because all the things I loved were definitely harmful and toxic because we don't have black people on TV in the 90s um, in the mainstream. And no. when we do have UPN, we gentrify it and it becomes CW. So, like, I, I've had to, like, make peace with the fact that I watched a lot of things that were not for me. Um, but people who... Uh, don't have to or like no he's of a different time he's of a different era i'm like he's still so writing, is hitler but like listen <laughs> it don't no, mean it was right just because he was there <laughs> yeah like just yeah um and i obviously can't speak to that experience but stephen king definitely is fat phobic as hell oh yeah and it's that's something i've had to face as a and i'm a pretty big fan but like all the time with him it's oh. like the most have you ever encountered fat phobia in Stephen King? What haven't I? It's, it's, it's every day. It's really fucked. Right. It's really fucked. He like it's and he wrote this book called Dance Macabre about like it's like nonfiction about like how to write horror and sort of the roots of horror. And he has this whole chapter about like fat as the grotesque. And it was like really hard to read on the subway as a fat person. Right. And I think it's I think it's really ironic because like Uncle Steven is not like your ripped seventy year old, and so I'm just like, good sir, do you not are you he not aware? Kind of is. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's it's kind of a ripped seventy year old. No, why am I standing up for what? What right? am I doing? What am I doing? You feel obligated because you're. I nice. feel- Stop. <laughs> Stop. Let let this happen. Let this happen. Stephen <laughs> King is not a ripped seventy year old. I know he used to jog, but he gave it up um, when things happened. <laughs> when he got and, when he jogged into the van. Right? No, the van right? jogged into him. It was definitely like Roy Gilmore. The deer hit the car, and like you hit the deer, and like no, the deer hit the. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. That's so accurate. It was, um, and so like I'm not trying to come down on him because I too don't jog. And I have a less traumatic story for that. But like, I, I, I just think that we need to watch what we're saying to people, especially as yeah. we're getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 It has consequences for all of us. I <laughs> I can't believe you brought up Rory Gilmore. Pretty good. Always. Um, I'm here for Gilmore Girls and Drag Race references. I don't know what else I can offer. <laughs> that's all. It, it's the only two shows that I'm watching currently. And I need to be... Um, Murdered. So another thing I hate about this movie are how the monsters all look like like terrible discarded Cenobites. Why is that in this movie? Is this Hellraiser Nine? Is this Hellraiser uh, Hellworld? I don't understand. But it would have been a better entry than some of the later ones, from what I've heard. On par. Yeah, you know what? Definitely better. I think there is a Hellraiser revelation as well. Like. 
they loved putting Revelation or Annihilation in titles, and they oh, did all the work for God. them. I'm so glad you brought this up because for weeks and weeks and weeks, I've been I've been meaning to write an article for Dread Central about like the ten most overused subtitles in films. <laughs> there are so many, like Awakening. Every movie yes. franchise has an Awakening. Apocalypse. Everybody has an Apocalypse. Revelation. Everyone has a Revelation. It's just I'm obsessed with this topic. Bloody insert word. <laughs> Any <Yeah>. word. <laughs> revenge. Well, um, bloody I, revenge. I, bloody I, wings. Bloody windows. I'm like, what? Bloody windows. I'm intrigued. Good to see. <laughs> Silent Hill colon bloody windows. Like that could have been a graphic novel. Amityville. <laughs> bloody Sharknado houses. <laughs> Amityville bloody handprints. Um, <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd, I'd make it. Someone, I've seen worse. I'm not going to go out of my way to see it, but I've seen worse. <laughs> I mean, it's no Santa Jaws. It's um, no I Did You Last Summer. That's for sure. I still or I always both. I think I both. may prefer I'll always. Just kidding. I st- Actually, no. I still is, is iconic and classic. I, I give still points for having Brandy there. And that's more points I can give most of the other movies. <laughs> I keep having this conversation on everybody's podcast apparently so anybody following me is just like really annoyed with me right now but um our baby girl Jennifer Love Hewitt's character whose name I just forgot Julie um, Ben yes Julie no. James James Julie not James. Julie Ben sorry yeah Julie James has um downstage character syndrome where her friends who should be the supporting characters are more interesting than her mm-hmm. and so you don't care what happens to her but she's the final girl and you're like but why Oh, yeah. Elena Gilbert syndrome. I said mm. that really terrible. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Do we have any final thoughts on this really good sequel, Silent Hill Revelation? I'm so happy it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never revisit it, but I'm happy I got to have those moments of, this is like the game, until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that it's important to me that it's over. I love so- that. <laughs> I I it's a, I think it's good for both of us. I'm sure I'll rewatch it again someday in the future, though, just because it's Silent Hill. Never. It's so lucky that it's Silent Hill. It's like in the family because of Silent Hill. I will say the credits were really great. The credits might be the best part of the movie. The credits were cute. And they kind of did what they did in the first movie, where yeah, they did like an animated sort of swooshy around sequence. It was kind of cool. Yeah, they have like the right music and the right weird distorted pictures of the nurses and things. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is, we could have done this for the movie and it would have been fine. Um, do you know anything about the director of the second film before we move along? No, I'm, I feel I'm like Jay I'm Bassett. about to learn. I'm going to say some stuff and if I get it wrong, I'm going to take it out because it's sensitive. But so um, when this movie was made, they were using their dead name, and now this director goes by MJ Bassett, and I believe identifies as a woman. So I believe this is a, a like a trans filmmaker, which is really cool. So it's cool that we have a trans filmmaker in the Silent Hill universe. Too bad that it's not a better movie, but I still think that's kind of cool. I'm always here for it, because I think that we just don't have enough trans women directors mm-hmm. um, because we don't give anybody but cis straight white dudes keys to anything. And so I'm always here for it, even if I don't love it. Like there's a movie coming out that I don't love, but like the director, she seems lovely. And so I want to think of the best for her. And I hope that she gets a budget to do something else because mm-hmm. like, if we can keep having all these like DC movies fail, then why can't the rest of us fail a couple times? Absolutely. I need a trans DC movie. 
That'd be fun. I would actually like give them money. Themes. Like anyone can make it. I just like want it to be about trans people. Yes. It's about time we had a trans superhero, to be honest. I want a trans woman superhero. Do you have opinions or thoughts on Kim Petras? I loved her, but I also just found out some stuff about her. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm a little mm-hmm. hurt. Yes. It's complicated, isn't it? It's yeah. a complicated situation. Yeah. It's like, I really, really want there to be a mainstream trans pop artist. I think it's time we deserve it. But like not someone that is a... So, a rape apologist. Yeah. Um, the, the artist is a, an apologist. Yeah. But um, Dr. Luke is who but she you- works with and he is an abuser. So... Right? I don't know what to do because I still, I, I part of me still wants to support her just because it's it's complex in my heart is all I have to say. I I'm just really mad because she's given us all these like great um horror pop albums. Yeah, they're and so she good. Did, she did this new one, Slut Pop, and it's so fun and it's so sexy and mm-hmm. like Throat Goat sends me every time and I was trying to live my best life and then that came out and I was like, oh no. I actually didn't know. love Slot Pop. It was the first time she put out something that I wasn't 100% on board for. It's a mood, and it's not like what she's normally used to. I think it was definitely mm-hmm. her exploring her sexuality and being like, look, I'm a badass bitch. Mm-hmm. And that's just where I would like to be whenever I'm out of this pandemic. And so I, I was like, yes. Um, Those Halloween albums, Turn Off the Light and Turn Off the Light Volume 2, oh, they're so good. I just, I'm so sad. I'm Because, like, how hard is it to not be a rape apologist? I feel like that's one of the things we should all be able to agree on. I don't know, but a lot of people seem to struggle with it. So maybe it's harder than we know. Listen, I just, I, we need to start giving people a test. I don't want to say a morality test, but just a common sense (laughs) test. Are you a rape apologist test? Right? Government standard, very simple. If I show you this picture of this man, um, what is your response? Is your response, (laughs) he didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. He did do it. Or I need to know more. Like those are the three options. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I am tensing up right now. Like, I, what do I do? You know, this is right? these are the big questions. Like little flashcards for random white men who've wronged me. Just <laughs> speaking of white men who have wronged us, do we have any final thoughts on this second Silent Hill movie? It's so bad that sirens just started. Like I can hear them coming for this movie. Oh, I hear them. Oh my god! It's the Silent Hill alarms. They're buzzing, <laughs> and the whole world is turning inside out. And I think that means it's time for us to hit the main event. Oh yes, it's time. We're going to talk about this third Silent Hill film that is yet to be made, that might be being made, that seems to be stuck in a little bit of development hell limbo. So, are you ready to hear? A little bit of hot goss. Always. Always. So there have been rumors surrounding a third Silent Hill movie back to 2012 when Revelation hit theaters. But due to poor box office and even worse critical acclaim, it took, God, another like close to 10 years before we got any official rumblings about Silent Hill. So Silent Hill Revelation basically butchered this franchise which is so sad because look at all these resident evil movies we got like 20 why don't we have 20 silent hill movies uh mila jovovich is so tired she just wants to stop out of breath for sure (laughs) yeah well now she gets to sleep oh my god that sounded like a threat so (laughs) but that's not all In October 2012, M.J. Bassett, the director behind Revelation, 
did come out and say that if she was to make a sequel, instead of ex- uh, adapting an existing game, she would actually go into the stories from the graphic novel adaptations, further proving that this woman should not be making Silent Hill movies, in my opinion. <laughs> um, now, I say that as someone that has not read any of the graphic novels, but, like, these games are so good, just make a good movie with these games. Listen. <laughs> Ooh, like we could we could do so many things we could just go ahead and redo the one that she did because like that script would did not serve her no. uh, and we could actually again no. we hollywood does not respect game developers and game developers are giving us the drama and the stories and the plots and we need to just go ahead and be like let's move it over and drizzle it a little bit but leave it alone for the most part yeah if you're not gonna if you're not gonna do us justice you're not going to do us Victoria justice. You need to stop and just move on. Right? It's not mm-hmm. the time of Mario where you had to like piece it all together and go <laughs> wild. You have a blueprint now. They've given you the story. Yeah. Aren't Marvel movies just video game adaptations without the video game adaptation? Like it doesn't look that hard. It doesn't. Anybody could do it. Like my cat could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your cat's making is in development right now, actually. She is. Like, Can't I'm going to be her assistant. It's awkward. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's going to be a mean boss. Um, she hits which... me when I don't give her the Sheba sticks. Oh, yeah. You're going to, you're going to um, out them, really, if she becomes yes. that abusive. Okay, yeah. So that was October 2012, right around the time that this the sequel revelation did come out. And nothing came out past that. So it's safe to assume that MJ Bassett's second film kind of high-boshed any canon sequels afterwards. That made no sense. I'm going to have to make that make sense in editing. Fast forward a little bit. Fast forward a little bit to 2020, and we get this kind of down-low interview with director Christoph Gans. This is the man that directed Silent Hill 20. This is the man that directed Silent Hill 2006. And he uh, sort of on the down low announced that he was making a new Silent Hill movie. And this was with Allocene Magazine. This is with Allocine Magazine. Allocene Magazine. Do you know how to say this? I don't. Damn. I've never heard of this magazine. It looks like French. It's a French word. Allocene. Allocene Magazine. (laughs) Um, And this is what he had to say to that magazine. This project will always be anchored in this atmosphere of a small American town ravaged by Puritanism. Oh my god, I'm gonna be okay. I think it's time to make a new movie. So it's now been two years and there has not been any rumblings about this new film, but we have been hearing gossip and um, rumblings about new games in the works. So I have a feeling that this new Silent Hill era is around the corner and we just have to be patient. How do you feel? I want to call dibs on all future movies just so we have that on record. Yep, you Um, got it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I think that, again, Silent Hill has so much potential and we just need to find the right people because we keep not finding the right people. We. We have Twitter now. You can see who's into what. You, people can't lie anymore in their interviews because you can pull up their Twitter and be like, it says here you hate this project. Why are you in my office? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It says here you have... No. Yes, right? I agree. We have the receipts nowadays. So right? you have to sincerely be into something. And I think Christoph Gans is and was. like We get the sense that this man loves Silent Hill. So maybe he should make the new one. 
down for that if we can't find a femme, um, specifically a femme of color, because Silent oh, Hill yeah. is definitely a white experience. <laughs> and so I think it'd be cool to see what it would be like if we had brown people in this world. I love that. Who, like, who would we want? Who, who would be sort of blue sky creatives we would attach to this? Oh my God. Um, I mm-hmm. I don't know what Nita Costa's doing, but always give her dibs. Oh my God. That opening title sequence from Candyman gave pure Silent Hill energy where the, like all of Chicago was upside down and, and yeah. smoky. All of, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. that was an experience and people weren't ready for it. So they shat on the movie. Um, yeah, that was just insane because that was a very, very good movie. So Thank if you. you didn't like it, I think... I think you're the problem. It was too woke. And woke is called for too many black people. And so there it goes. Literally 100% yes. Because that movie was beautiful and scary and perfect. That scene where the, where the art lady dies just like very subtly in the corner of the screen is perfect filmmaking. It's almost a perfect movie, that remake. Wow. It's the only it's the only Candyman I love. It's the only one I love because the other ones, I, we love Tony Todd and we don't separate him from those movies because mm-hmm. they are so problematic. Even for the era yeah. that came out at, it's very white savory. He's chasing like his like great, great, great granddaughters, which is also gross. And also they're yeah, get blonder the as the, they just sure. get blonder as it goes. And I'm like, what they're are like, we how doing? Is your great, how are you related to this woman? Yeah. Right? I mean, possible. Also, and also your candy man you you suffered and you died and now you're out here and your goal is to get into the genes of your great 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 granddaughter really yeah weird priorities candy man right fuck some shit up do some cool stuff don't chase her around new orleans if that's new orleans with no black people i just i feel like this new candy man Man is the candy man we deserved and people were like how dare you it's so good I would love to see more of them. I get the feeling she's not going to make another one, but I would love to see that. With the way people treat her after this one, it's it's her right to be like, screw you all. But I, I'm out here and I want another one and I, I would cry and be the first one in line for a ticket. They're not going to be nicer in this Marvel gig that she's got. Oh no, they already hate it. They're just like, how dare she? It's too woke. I'm like, they've, they hired one black person to direct. It's not woke. <laughs> and it's not out yet. <laughs> like, okay. Calm down. Um, stop making Marvel movies, Neil. Make more horror. I think she'd really do good with Freddy, also. That's what I said. I wanted yeah. her to, like, um, I put her on the short list for people. I would like to see do Freddy's Nightmares if we were to, like, redo that or bring it back into the new era. That's hilarious. Yeah. I made an article, too, about who should bring back Freddy, and she was number one on my list. That's hilarious. I Freddy's Nightmares would be a list. great new reboot. Oh, I wonder if we have the same list, because I, I have her... I have um, okay, Jordan Peele, wanna... obviously. I have I Josh Rubin. Oh my god, Josh Rubin would have been good. Hold on, I have to get it up. I'm going to take mine out. Take I also on. have Anna Lily. Anna I had her too, shit. Oh my Emma god. I had her too. I'm kind of I'm kind of sad I didn't get to say that first. Yeah, I had her too. Who else did I have? Fuck. I can turn this. I can edit this out. I don't need to be nervous. Yeah. You're the editor. You do what you want. I know. And also, my condolences to myself. <laughs> I can do this. So I've uh, DaCosta, Anna, Lily, Amapur. I have um, the guy that did Black Coat's daughter, Oz Perkins. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'd be good. Um, Andre Dorval. I don't know how to say his name so good, but he did Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I don't know that one. 
He did Scare Stories to Tell in the Dark. He did uh, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, God, he, yeah, he could do it. He, yeah, he could do it. And I then my Jane last person. Yeah, and my last person, and I still stand by this one, is Ronnie Yu, who did Freddy vs. Jason. We had to disagree somewhere. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. I love that movie. <laughs> I saw that movie three times. I've seen it so many times. Three times is a lot. It is very much a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ronnie, you, uh, he also did Bride of Chucky. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would keep the resume and I would consider it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. And who are we missing from yours? I'm scrolling for mine now, which is funny. Cause like the video that popped up on the website is definitely you talking to Jay Chill. <laughs> who, me talking to who? Jay, is it Jay Chill? Oh, Jay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. Yes. I, I know. I hate when I see myself talking to someone on the website. I have to like avert my eyes. It's just really funny because it's like hanging out there while I'm scrolling through my. Videos, <laughs> I know and it's, it's so... you, and you're not <laughs> in this box right now, and I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> it's so funny. I what know. I... That, that's that what little, it was. The little, January seventh. Well, I, I don't know. I never know what list anything is on anymore. <laughs> I literally has, have not found my list. I just luckily remembered all my people. You write a lot more than I do. Okay. I only had those four. I scrolled all this for ah, nothing. I only had those four. That's so funny. Well, those are still a very good, solid group. Right? So, like, yeah. if any of them were to pick it up, I'd be there for it. Because I love all four of them, and I don't think that they get enough recognition. Definitely not. Although I think they're all up to some cool stuff. So yeah, what about actors wise? Who would you cast in a in a new Silent Hill? I mean, clearly Jenna Ortega is of the moment. So her, she's so good. <laughs> she's so good. She's so good. And I also want to see Zendaya do horror. Well, oh, she'd be good. Do you feel like she's pretentious to horror? Does she feel like she's feels too prestige for us? No, I've seen her get down and dirty on Euphoria for like <laughs> two seasons now. She wants to do That's, brutal things. I was going to say, but Euphoria is as prestige as it gets. It wants to be. Um, I, I, think- you know what? I say that as someone that I've never seen an episode. <laughs> no, oh no. Oh, have you I ever know. seen kids? Have you ever seen kids? I have not seen kids. I don't think uh, I want to, but I think I, I think I know where you're going. Take me with you. Okay. Um. So basically, Euphoria is kids if it was adapted into two seasons and got further along into the drug usage and less of the further sex. along oh my god yeah it's it it's it puts the pedal to the metal on the drugs and it like pumps the gas a little bit um for the sex um oh my god. don't get me wrong you see lots of dicks like hbo came in with a vengeance this year they were like uh, our yeah. theme is dicks and i'm like you've owed us this but i damn okay did you watch the mortuary this- collection yeah, I did. The guy in that, do we see his dick? No, not yet, oh, anyways. Okay, okay, interesting. It's coming, though. I think they're going to say right. for season three or four. It's, it's a reveal. It's a reveal. Right. A reveal. Get out of my head. <laughs> 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 Why would I say person? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm worried about Silent Hill. Listen. Oh my like, God, like, one of us is Alyssa, and the other one is the other Alyssa. I'm clearly the evil one. I, 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 and I'm, ugh, I'm the annoying one. Damn it. I want to be Lisa, the girl with the weird eyeballs that's crying and has has a blonde ponytail. That's that can be me. I liked her. She was a mood. She was a mood. She was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, who would I put? What? Do, <laughs> I would see Nicole Byer in a Silent Home movie. 
Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> now that good. you say it, I want it. I don't know. I, I want Nicole it. Nicole Byer and Ricky Lindholm in Silent Hall. That's my guy. Wait, who's Ricky? Ricky Lindholm. She's the she was a the blonde, like a blonde mean lady in Knives Out. She's actually she's like a comedian. She was in Holland Oats. She's oh. she's actually in old episodes of Gilmore Girls. She's in oh, one that I was watching today. Weird blonde okay. lady. When you said that, yes. Okay, yes. I, I misspelled her name awfully, so she didn't come up, obviously. But yes, I know you're talking about now. Yeah, so her and Nicole Byer just, like, trying to get out of Silent Hill. I would watch Nicole Byer do anything. Um, yeah, me too. I've been in love with her since Lucy Exactly Nicole, which oh, I can only watch show. on Facebook Watch. I was going to say, did you watch MTV or Facebook Watch, or both? I didn't know MTV had it, because I yeah. when I discovered it, it was only Facebook Watch. So you had to, like, hook up your phone to the thing. <sighs> it was hell on earth with the Facebook Watch. I think it was a season. It had a season on MTV, like a real TV show and everything, and then they were like, <laughs> absolutely not. And then Facebook Watch came in, and now it's gone. Um, MTV was like, we don't like Joy here. We're going to do another season of Scream instead. And I like that they had a fat man on it. Sorry, a fat gay man. I'm trying to comment, and the sirens are just like, no, silence (laughs) this fat woman. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Although he wasn't fat IRL, but that's okay. He wasn't? No. Um, Oh, sorry. He wasn't gay IRL. Oh, I was like, why would they do that? I don't it was very Renee Zellweger, 2022. 20, I was like, fat, fat suit. I usually I can spot a fat suit. And I was like, I have to go back and rewatch that. <laughs> no, no, he's straight IRL. Sorry. I love that because we don't have enough shows with two fat leads. I know, and never, n- never. Ever. And ever. if you have one, it's, they're like so congratulatory that you, that's it. Right, and it wasn't about them being fat, which usually when you see a fat person in a show, it's like, okay, we're yeah. going to be a fat person. And they're so fat because they can't get dick, but, like, Listen, <laughs> that's, that I, was not that show. It was not, because it's a lie. Like, fat people get dick all the time. We Trust sometimes us. We too much. We have problems. <laughs> sometimes it's overwhelming. Um, it is. You're just, like, swatting them away sometimes, <laughs> and you're like, I just wanted to go to high V. I oh, just my God. To- and when you don't want dick, it's the most, it's, like... It's like, ugh. It's like the last thing in the world you'll ever want to see. Right? But then when you want it, it's like, it's like, think about it. It's very, it's very opposite. It's very polarizing, Dick, I would have to say. Right? You have to be not looking for it to see it everywhere. And you yeah. have to be looking for it if you want it to go away. It's literally the case. That's truly one of those things. Grass is always greener. I don't understand what I'm talking about anymore. The grass. Um, before we move into conclusions, is there any thoughts? Oh, oh, I guess... A question I wanted to ask is, do you think Silent Hill would work as a series or would you prefer to see any new content in film format? I kind of think a limited series is the way to go. I'm going to pitch you this right here, right now. So Mm. uh, we center it, Silent Hill, right? We're going to do it in eight episodes. So we're not forcing story and trying to cut corners. Mm -hmm. We can breathe because the games are about 12 hours. And so like, we need this. Um, mm-hmm. it's definitely going to have, um, Jenna Ortega and Zendaya. Okay. I don't know how yet. I'll get to there when I figure out the script. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're going to have Anna Lily direct because Nia DaCosta has her hands full with the Marvel universe She's right now. busy. She's busy. And right? and you refuse to hire Ronnie. You, you, la- you laughed I me refuse. out of the room. I refuse. Um, I mean, I could, I could see a couple of other directors, like, Issa Lopez, for instance, would probably, like, really fuck this up. I could see her oh, doing yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
she would be like, I got your silent heel, bitches. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh my God, the TV hid me and I knew it was the real thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know how she did it. Um, <laughs> mm. um, I would also, I just forgot her name. And so I'm going to let it go because I just forgot a whole person's name. But if you give me a title, maybe I can help. Like, I, I went to say it and it went away. Like, it disappeared. Like Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it goes and it's never coming back. You have to say goodbye. Right? Like, it'll be 2 a.m. and I'll discord you to be like, it's blah, blah. And you'd be like, why? Why? <laughs> I just, like, throw my phone in the lake. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds really good. I'd love to see a limited series with a prestige cast. And I think Anna Lily would fuck this shit up. Yeah. Maybe we should make it in black and white. Ooh, Silent Hill would be good in black and white. It it earns it. It earns it. Oh my god. It would make everything can you imagine the nurses mm-hmm. not doing porn grounds in black and white? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're we're taking out the boobs. Like I'm indifferent to the boobs. If Anna wants to keep them, I'm not gonna like knock her vision. Mm-hmm. But also mm-hmm. I just I don't want them doing the porn mounds anymore because it took me out in the wrong it's way. So weird. You can't it's... be scary when you're like, uh, yeah, uh. Like, <laughs> and they're like crying porn, which is like I guess all straight dude porn is girls I mean, much, crying yeah. for some reason. That's my impression. That's my that's my understanding. Anyway, it's not wrong. Um, yeah. There was a documentary on Netflix called Hot Girls Want It, where she did mm-hmm. Jones produced it. I had mm-hmm. to watch it for research for my thesis play, and it ruined all porn because I'm like, it really is this one way forever, and y'all are okay with this? Yeah. Yeah, they, um, we just want to watch our loved ones suffer. I don't, I think that's, that's why we all need the lake. Right? Um, I like that. I think that we have a good, a good fantasy Silent Hill lined up that we are going to produce because we're Hollywood. So exactly. We can do it. We've got it. Interesting. So as we're getting into conclusions territory, I want to ask you, are we going to get to see a third Silent Hill movie based on everything we've talked about? Do you think it's going to happen? I, I think that it will have a resurgence at some point. I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime. Um, but I think that maybe 20, 30 years from now, and someone's going to be like, you know what? Silent Hill was a bop. Could we do it right this time? Mm-hmm. And they won't. They won't, but I won't be around to see it because I don't eat vegetables, so it mm-hmm. won't be my business. Like, and you'll have just turned 25, too, so... Right? You'll feel energized. <laughs> I will. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, Sheree, if you so would like to be found on the internet, where could people find you? What are you up to? Ooh, um, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Miss Sheree. Um, all one word. Three S's. Um, if you're like me, that's a hardship, but I did that to myself. Um, um, mm-hmm. and you can keep up with all my shenanigans and all my podcasts and articles there, um, as well as anything else I might get into. I like that. You're just keeping it open. You never know. I never Pretty know. Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on this new episode with me. We've got two in the bag. I really love that I'm here this week because next week you're on my show. Cause that's how our timeline <gasps> worked out. Oh my God. Uh, the extended universe is, is glitching. Right. It's the dread CU. Oh my god, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to use that for, but you can count on something. If I can fit the word dread into something, it's happening. So, Like, I'm just going to pitch an article of dread puns one day, and you're going to say no, but I'm going to do it anyways. I hope that we never reach that point. 
Thank you so much for listening to Development Hell. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do us a major favor of leaving us five stars and writing a positive review. It really makes all the difference in the world. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.